Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. Thank God we have made it to another Sunday. I'm going to get right into the Word of God because the Word today is going to take you a little bit out of your comfort zone. It's just going to be a little bit longer than usual. So I want to get right into the Word of God. So let us pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we give you honor and we give you praise today. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you, O oh God, for calling our name. And Lord, we ask that everyone under the sound of my voice, that a word goes forth from you that penetrates their heart, that thrives in their soul, O oh God. And we ask that you draw those from near and far, from north and south, from east and west, those that this word will help inspire, will draw closer to you. Lord, we know that you are a God that can do anything, oh God. And for that, we give you honor. And for that, we give you praise. And we say thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for the word that is about to go forth. Thank you for the hearts and the souls that are about to be transformed through this word. Again, God, we give you honor and we give you praise. Amen, amen, and amen. We've been talking about walking in offense and how walking in offense is the bait of Satan. And today we're going to talk about how offenses are sometimes our biggest obstacles. And it's definitely an obstacle in regards to God's kingdom agenda. We live amongst a culture of people who have become wiser but weaker. I remember my grandmother saying that, that we are the generation who's weaker and wiser. See, we're more educated. We're more tech savvy. We're even a little bit more slicker in our wrongdoings. But we are by far weaker than our foreparents. We are weaker physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Physically, we're weaker if you think about what our foreparents had to do in the course of a workday and what we do and complain about, and spiritually, we're not, we know we can't touch them spiritually. My great-grandmother, who I was blessed to know until I was nine years old and God called her home then, I never knew that she couldn't read. And the reason why I never knew that she couldn't read because she was able to quote chapters of the Bible, not verses, chapters. But her heart and her spirit was so aligned and thrived so much for the word of God that she made it her business to learn and to know the word of God. Hmm, and we struggle with the morning inspiration. I'm just saying. And then emotionally, we're an emotional mess. I hear, I hear that personal coaches and psychiatrists and psychologists are on call because we're an emotional mess. And because we have become a world full of people who are spiritually and emotionally weak, everything that requires any form of discipline, patience, or sacrifice, we deem absolutely intolerable. First Timothy 3, 1 through 7 reads, 
In the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power there is. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I read that in its entirety because the first part of it I know you all have heard before and it just reminds us that we are in these perilous times. Everything that was listed there we see executed every day on a daily basis. But it's the last few words of that scripture which drew me to it because it says ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, we are forever learning. There's always some new technology out. They, they have changed the way math is done. They got the new math and we're ever learning, but never able or even desiring the knowledge of truth, which is the word of but because we are spiritually and emotionally weak, we walk around with our feelings and our self-esteem and our pride on our shoulders, which in turn makes us pray for Satan. Because we are so easily offended by every and anything, we walk around with one offense after another. And constructive criticism is no longer permissible. We're even raising our children to bow down to offenses. Did y'all know that our kids are playing, our younger kids, they're playing sports and, and they're not keeping score anymore because they don't want one kid to feel like they lost. They don't want them to be offended. But where they're not preparing the children instead of teaching them how to deal with the ups and the downs and the victories and the losses. That's what life is. It's full of ups and downs, victory and losses. So my question is, this generation that we're raising up, how are they going to be able to deal with what they know nothing about? See, we want to be told what we want to hear. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. My God brother, Bishop Ross, y'all hear me talk about him, sent me a quote a while ago and I, I posted it the other day and it said, most would rather keep being fooled than to embrace that they have been fooled. So you dare not say anything to anyone about anything that they do say or wear being inappropriate. 
at any certain time or any certain place. You can't tell anybody that their attire is not fitting the setting. I think it was like a month ago I saw in the news a woman got on the airplane and this top that she had on all of her breasts was pretty much just about hanging out. And they told her that that was inappropriate and she of course went on social media and, and she ranted and raved. See because our immediate response when we are offended is I have the right if I want to that's our immediate response. But what we fail to realize is when we shut down our ability to embrace constructive criticism or to be corrected, we dull our weapons and tools. And I'm talking about our weapons against the agenda of Satan. See, when we can't embrace constructive criticism and correction, then the truth is something that we are likely not going to study. And we're certainly not going to be doers of the word of God because it's rooted in truth, which is the ultimate weapon against the things of Satan. Shutting down correction and constructive criticism also makes our tools and talents dull. Turning what could be an extraordinary asset into just another mediocre tool that we have allowed to be devalued and unprofitable. Can you imagine going to the hospital and needing surgery and the nurse just feels the need to disclose to you that the doctor who's going to do your surgery, he's licensed. But while he was in school, his professor never corrected him. They just let him learn from his mistakes on his own. How many of you would be okay with that doctor operating on you? Why? Because correction is necessary in order for anyone to excel, in order to accomplish goals, in order to be at your best. Correction is warranted. The Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron, meaning to be strong, we need to be around others who are strong, who are challenging, who are solid, who's not easily offended, who's able to stand when things are tough, when things don't go their way, when things are not as easy as anticipated. Did you know that iron as a mineral is needed to assist our bodies in operating some key functions? Iron is a key ingredient in our hemoglobin that produces protein which carries oxygen from the lungs throughout the body. And the lack of the mineral iron can cause a serious dysfunction, making it difficult for our lungs to function, ultimately affecting our breathing, and possibly even our lifespan. Now, the iron that the Bible speaks of is referring to our character. But just like the mineral iron, if we allow our character to dull, to weaken, and become depleted, our lives is also significantly and negatively affected. Proverbs 12 and 15 
reads, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. We have to be willing to walk in humility, able to accept correction and corrupt constructive criticism. The first thing we want to say is, oh, they're just jealous. They never liked me anyway. Well, they need to mind their business. But the big question is this, is there anything in what they're saying true? Is any part of what they are pushing you to do aligning you with truth or challenging you to be better? See, Proverbs 18, 12 says, pride comes first, then the crash. But humility is the precursor of honor. That's the message translation. Y'all know I love to go to the message translation. See, it seems we keep Seeing crash after crash after crash after crash from the White House to the crack house, even in our house, in our families, and between our friends. Pride keeps driving us into brick walls. Crash after crash after crash because humility offends us. Our relationships stay in turmoil because we walk in offense consistently, never embracing enough humility to ignite true forgiveness or reconciliation. So we have siblings against each other, parents and children not talking, neighbors can't get along, leaders bickering, politicians at each other's throat as they seek to politicize everything. Why? Because pride is driving their offenses. Offenses are undoubtedly the bait of Satan. See, if he can get us to dwell in our offenses, he knows regardless of how good of an act we put on, regardless of how smart, profitable, talented, or even anointed we are, as long as Satan can keep us holding on to our offenses, we are bound and cut up off from all that God has for us. Satan knows that as long as we walk in offenses, we are unable to embrace all the love intended for our lives. You got people that go from relationship to relationship and their relationship dies because they're still holding on to offenses of the past relationships. And that's on both sides. So you got the man holding on to offenses, the woman holding on, on to offenses, and they're coming together and all of these offenses. And now they're creating new offenses with each other. Let me tell you something. You can live in a mansion, you can drive an expensive car, earn a seven or eight figure income and be envied by others. None of that changes a thing if you're walking, holding on to offenses and harboring unforgiveness in your heart. 
As a matter of fact, all of that is part of Satan's plan. See, he wants you to grab hold of as many pacifiers. And see, material things are pacifiers. Material things will trick us into thinking that everything is okay because it looks okay. And Satan will tell you it's okay because he wants you to hold on to as many pacifiers as you can get your hands on. As long as you don't let go of those offenses and as long as you refuse to forgive. I can assure you of this. If you are holding on to offenses and withholding forgiveness, all that you may have, I don't care how much you have, it's all just a drop in the bucket compared to what God wants to release to, in, and through you. The crazy thing is our offenses are spearheaded by things that are now history in our past. Things that we can't change, but that have the power to forever change and rearrange our future. There are married people living under the same roof, holding on to offenses against each other. But on the outside, they look like the average married couple. They have friends that even praise them for being married so long. But in their, in their hearts, they can't bring themselves to forgive each other. Now, they won't get divorced because, see, God don't like divorce. And somehow, they have accepted the pacifier of Satan and allowed Satan to trick them into thinking that God is pleased with the true state of their hearts towards one another. There are folk attending the same church who are offended with each other, can't seem to forgive one another, but are the loudest singing in the choir and the first to start dancing in the spirit. I'm not going to pretend that forgiving and shutting down the spirit of offense is easy. If it were, we wouldn't struggle with it. I'm also not going to pretend that some offenses are not linked to some serious, hardcore pain. But your pain, your bitterness, your malice will not change one second of the past. And what I find incredibly sad is when we hold on to an offense, when we can't find it in our own power to forgive. We don't even pray and ask God to help us release it. We just let it fester in our hearts and in our spirit, eating away at us like gangrene. There is no pain too deep, no wrong ever committed that God can't and won't help you let go of if you pray and ask him to help you. God does not want us holding on to the past because his plan for our future is so very bright. 
Isaiah 43, 18-19 reads, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God's new thing is a continuous thing. He's looking to do something new every day, every second of the day. You're missing out on God's new thing because you won't let go of the old. And again, I am not downplaying the pain that you might feel, but that pain is not going to do nothing but sit there and eat at you. I beg you, if you're holding on to a pain, no matter where it came from, no matter how it came about, pray, ask God to take this away. Soften my heart, God. Give me a spirit of forgiveness. I don't want this no more. God, I want to walk in your new. God wants us to let go of those offenses so we can see the road ahead. It is essential that we forgive and not just with our mouths, but from the depths of our heart. So you can feel fool me. You can fool your friends. You can even fool the one who offended you, but you cannot fool God. He knows your heart. Get your heart right with God. Now, forgiveness is evidence, evident when your spirit no longer seeks division, but reconciliation. And yes, I know sometimes reconciliation is not a possibility because there are cases when we have forgiven someone, but they have not changed. And by letting them back into our lives opens us up to be hurt over and over again. But God is connected and concerned with our heart. So what he wants to see is the intent of your heart, the desire of your heart, which thrives in reconciliation, which turns from division. If your heart has crossed over into that place, the evidence of your renewed spirit will continue to unveil as your heart will prompt you to pray for the soul of your offender. Your prayer is your sacrifice. Never forget that in order for our sins to be forgiven, Christ had to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Forgiveness and sacrifice, sacrifice and forgiveness go hand in hand. And I know some of you are thinking, I'm not about to do all of that after what they did to me. Are you kidding? Our go-to clause is, I don't wish nobody any harm. I'm just done with this situation. If you go in 1 Samuel, you can read the story of Saul and David. If you don't know the story, it's an incredible story. Saul had disobeyed God. He was the king. He disobeyed God. And God told him that he was going to remove him as king. And he decided that he was going to exalt David. 
and David was, and Saul, sorry, was offended. Now, mind you, let's not forget that Saul's desire to walk in offense was spearheaded by his own wrongdoing and him not wanting to deal with God's reprimand for his sin and his disobedience to him. And his offense drove him to want to kill David. David hid from him, ran from him, did everything he could. But Saul wanted to kill him so bad. And when David had an opportunity to kill him, he didn't. Because of his love of God. See, David understood that all Though Saul had sinned against God, he was still God's anointed. When we use the word anointed, we like to tie it to a form of hierarchy. As if, you know, someone's anointed, they're higher than the average person or they're better than um, the, the another person. But the truth is, everything God took the time to create is anointed. Because any and everything he took time to create was created for his glory and his purpose, which makes it anointed. We have to recognize that fact about every single living being, regardless of what they have done or are still doing. See, because God can anoint you, but he's not going to force you to walk in your anointing. Because we have Free will. So keep in mind, for someone to be anointed, they may have turned their back on God or are still walking in the opposite direction of the kingdom of God. But none of that makes their life any less ordained by God or any less purposeful in the divine plan of God. Again, the weaker and wiser principle has weakened us so spiritually that we are dismissive of the will of God. We're dismissive of the ways of God. We're dismissive when it comes to the purpose of God. We are all part of the master's plan. And it is because we are all part of the master's plan that Satan works so hard to keep us walking in offense and holding on to unforgiveness. See, sometimes we don't get it or, or we forget it, but Satan gets it and he thrives on it. I'm talking about him knowing exactly why God created us. Most of us will say we were created to worship God. And that is a nice spiritual answer. But how are we to execute worship? God's divine purpose for us, his reasoning for creating man was so that he could bring the culture of heaven to earth. God created earth to be an extension of the kingdom of heaven. If you ever take the time to study the principles of kingdom. I'm a history buff, so I, I, I get all into all of that. If you ever 
Take the time to study the principles of kingdom. You will see that the plan and the dynamics is to always expand the kingdom's territory. And then to cultivate all of the territory that it expands into so that it mimics the kingdom. Let me fill you in on what else Satan knows. He knows that in order for the people of God to change the culture of the land, the culture of earth, it requires that we cultivate. And in order to cultivate, it requires that we communicate. So what does he do? He disrupts our ability to communicate effectively with one another. Our ability to get on one accord. So his mission becomes to pin man against woman, woman against man, while exalting this dysfunction before the children to assure that generational curses thrive. He then causes discord amongst our leaders because people become wicked under the reign of dysfunctional leadership. Proverbs 29, 12 says, if a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. And final, finally, Satan keeps turmoil going between those who have professed Jesus Christ as Lord, those who have embraced their salvation, those who are trying to bring souls into the kingdom of God. He puts discord and turmoil between them so that our witness is less effective to the lost. When we walk in offense, unwilling to forgive, we make ourselves obstacles in the plan of the kingdom of God. The impact of the condition of our hearts is far greater than our imaginations can phantom. The condition of our heart is not a personal thing, it's a kingdom thing. Because each of us was created to be an influential part of God's divine plan. You don't belong to you. You were not created for you. You were created to be part of God's plan. So when you allow an obstacle to get in your way, it's not personal. It's bigger than that. We have to break the shackles of offense and exalt forgiveness for God's plan and who he is in all his majesty is bigger. He's bigger. The plans that he has for our lives is bigger. The kingdom that we serve and submit to is bigger. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we come before your throne, O oh God, with broken hearts, 
hurting hearts, oh God, bleeding hearts, hearts that are still crying from pain of offense, oh God. Lord, in every one of us that has any form of unforgiveness or offense in our hearts, oh God, we're asking you to step in. Lord, we want to be part of the bigger plan. We want to walk in what you have ordained for our lives. We want the obstacle of offense, oh God, not to hold up the plans of the kingdom. Lord, you told us that we need to forgive as you have forgiven us. And Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness, oh God, for we know that we have not been perfect, that we've all fallen short of your glory, oh God. Lord, and we just want a small part of that unforgiving spirit that you have, that forgiving spirit that you have, oh God. We want a small part of that. And Lord, we come to you in prayer and we offer our prayer, oh God. And we offer our effort and our humility, O oh God, as a sacrifice. For we don't take it lightly, O oh God, that you laid down the life of your son as the ultimate sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins, O oh God. Lord, shift our hearts, soften our hearts, Fill it with the spirit of forgiveness. Fill it with the spirit of grace and mercy, O oh God. Lord, we know that it's possible because we were created in your image and your likeness. And we know that if we come before your throne, O oh God, and we ask, O oh God, you say anytime the two are gathered and agree that you were in the midst. So, Lord, we're going to go forth proclaiming victory, proclaiming that we have put that unforgiving spirit behind us, that we have stomped out the offense, oh God. Lord, we know that it's not an easy thing. And it's not an immediate thing, oh God. But we promise that we will come before your throne. Every time it rises up, oh God. For with you all things are possible. And with you, we have the ability to annihilate every obstacle. We give you honor. We give you praise. And we say thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. For your forgiveness, for your grace, and for your mercy. Amen, amen, and amen. I thank you all for joining me today. We thank you again for tuning into Bible Deliverance. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.bibledeliverance.org. If you are looking to partner with or join a ministry, we welcome you with open arms and invite you to begin that process on our website. 
If you are looking for someone to partner with you in prayer, we would love to be your prayer partner. You can also submit that request online. And if God is leading you to sow into this ministry, please again go to www.bibledeliverance.org. We stand on the principle that grass may wither and flowers may fade, but the Word of God will stand forever. Be blessed. I want a heart that forgives, a heart full of love, one with compassion just like yours above, one that overcomes evil with goodness and love, like it never happened, never holding a grudge, one a heart that forgives, that lives and lets live, one that keeps loving over and over again, one that men can offend. Because your word is within One that loves without price Like you, Lord Jesus Christ One a heart that loves everybody Even my enemies One a love like you be Like you, just like you did One a heart that forgives When the ones that are closest, that I've known the longest, hurt me the most, I still want to love them just like you love me, even though I'm hurting. I want a heart that forgives when the pain is so deep, it's so hard to speak about it. Just like your son, I give up my right to hold it against them with hatred inside. I want a heart that loves everybody, even my enemies. I want a love like and be like and just like and did. I want to walk like and talk like. Just like you did Wanna be like you Live like you Just like you did mm, Cause a heart that forgives Is the heart that will live Totally free from the pain of the past And the heart that lets go Is the heart that will know so much freedom Lord, I want to let it go hey, Hallelujah God, I need to let it go Lord, it's been holding me back And I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't I don't want it no more I don't know exactly what to do to get rid of it, but I'm 
Jesus. You're bigger than diabetes. The stripes on your back makes you bigger. The stripes on your back, they make you bigger. They make you bigger. Your blood makes you bigger. Your love makes you bigger. You overcame death, and that makes you bigger. That makes you bigger. You wanna open up your mouth right here and begin to tell God tonight.